0: Relevant content for our members, by our members. This is TMC
1: Connect. Uh, Well, happy Tuesday, everyone. Rich Swarvinsky with The Mortgage Collaborative here with The Last Week in Mortgage Today, where we take you through the week that was in the mortgage industry. And every week, pleased to be joined by one of our lender members as my co-host. This week, back in the co-host seat for at least the third time, fellow Clevelander, longtime friend, the. Executive Vice President and COO of Nations Lending Corp. and fellow Clevelander, Eric Roman. Eric, great to see you. Hey, thanks, Rich. Really appreciate you having me. Always appreciate you answering the bell. And uh, as usual, no no shortage of uh, topics to talk about from the past week, so let's go ahead and get into it. Uh, As always, our attendees... Please feel free, any questions, comments you have, to drop them in the chat or the Q&A, and we will go ahead and incorporate it into the show. So, Eric, let's start with the report that just came out um, from Redfin, um, essentially saying uh, essentially 15% of all June existing home sales uh, didn't make it to the finish line, kind of fell apart somewhere along the line historically, that's not an abnormal number, but it's abnormal from what we've seen this last year and a half where people are, we'll waive inspection, we'll waive this, we'll, you know, we'll do anything. Let's just make a deal. There's no homes out there. Uh, to me, it was a sign, maybe a, a continuing sign of the housing and purchase market starting to normalize a little bit. You're in the trenches much more than me these days. What, what are you seeing out there? Yeah, so
0: 15% is probably the highest we've seen since the start of the pandemic. And, you know, when you look at what's happening with these rising rates, you, you see buyers that potentially under contract and the, they're no longer qualified. You know, the flip side of that is you probably have some buyers remorse in there um, with a looming recession, and you've got some people that are exiting contracts. If you look at the year-over-year, uh, builder cancellation rates are 66 a 9.3 may to may right so like you know it's just it's sign at the times
1: yeah you go back to last spring and it was like the wild west right it's 200,000 over asking 30 offers the first day we'll wave this we'll wave we'll wave that and you know rates were still very low as well but now if you're buying a house and you know maybe you locked in 45 days ago it Whatever rates were 45 days ago, lower than high fives. Uh, it's, and yeah, to your point, maybe they don't qualify. Maybe they qualified at, at, at time of app and something fell, went sideways. They got to relock and now they don't at the higher rate. Or maybe they just get cold feet the buyer a little bit because obviously interest rate, big part of the cost of financing a home.
0: Yeah, you see the buyers that are still in there. They have a lot more negotiating power. I think you are seeing homes stay on the market longer. Uh, you know, it's uh, like you mentioned earlier, the uh, inspections are no longer getting waived.
1: Yeah, more normal. I mean, what was going on was abnormal. So a return to normalcy, uh, not a bad thing, especially for an industry a lot of abnormal. The last two and a half year. Heard of what
0: uh, what we've seen the last eighteen months, right?
1: It's really been crazy, and uh, it, it has. We've it's a cyclical industry to begin with, but we've seen the, bo- both ends of the spectrum uh, for sure these last eighteen months. And we were kind of talking about it before we went live. I mean. You know, both been in this industry a long time. You think you had kind of seen it all. Nobody expected what we've seen so far this year on the interest rate side. We were lamenting before going live, you know, the economists in the winter uh, predicting a slow rise to 4% 30 year fixed. <laughs> Let to read that. And uh, so we had and then we had you know rates whatever ran up all year pretty much the whole year and we were in the sixes solid in the sixes 30 year fixed rates then they really started to fall we got a couple inflation numbers some positive economic data tended to lead some to believe that maybe inflation not as maybe could be subsiding but then you you know we had uh the fed meeting last month we had a bad inflation number and it just shot everything right back up and 10-year Treasury yield has been kind of hovering around 3%. But uh, it's it's been a volatile year for rates. But these last few weeks have even seen some volatility. As we go into tomorrow morning, a huge inflation number. Yeah. So uh, speaking of uh, statistics
0: there, uh, the labor market in June was really strong. I think we added about 370,000 jobs uh, the expectation for CPI this week is going to be increased um, Unemployment set at a, uh, 70 or low uh, 3.6 percent. Uh, I think the last update uh, the fed signaled was probably a 75 basis point rate hike. Uh, so you've got these these things weighing uh, in conflict and uh, they're trying to really have a soft landing without going into a full recession
1: it's a fine line the feds trying to walk right they're trying to jack they they overshot i think after the pandemic and pumped a little bit too much money uh into the economy we're seeing the results of that now with inflation now they're trying to like shock it back with these bigger than anybody anticipated rate hikes but to your point it's a fine line to walk right they're trying to slow down the economy without putting it in the recession that's tricky Gas prices, I think, are starting to creep
0: down just a little bit. Uh, we might see an easing next month's numbers, but
1: uh, time will tell. Time will tell. And as noted, yeah, tomorrow morning, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, we get the consumer price index. The most watched inflation number essentially gauges the cost of a uh, market basket of things, that uh, Americans utilize uh, regularly, uh, last month was up 8.6% year-over-year. Year. Expectations in tomorrow morning's number, depending on who you look, plus 8.7, plus 8.8, eight, so a little higher than last month. If you see an 8.9 or a 9% year-over-year year number, uh, get your a locks in. The largest (laughs) jump since 1981
0: you saw last month.
1: It's crazy. All the craziness that we've just seen in this industry since the early 80s, to say the largest or greatest of anything since 1981 is significant. So, um, Eric, FHA mortgage insurance premiums. uh, New York Times put out a piece that you could tell had some administrative administration leakage in it. Um, you know, essentially saying Biden administration's thinking hard about reducing FHA mortgage insurance premiums as a way to help, uh, bridge to some degree, the affordability and, uh, racial home ownership gaps in America. Um, we, we've heard the stories in the past about how the FHA reserve fund is at about four times where where it needs to be. Uh, your thought on FHA premiums um, as we get into the summer here?
0: Yeah, so that balance sheet is is over a hundred billion, uh, four times the, the requirement. Uh, there's there's two sides to this argument. The first is uh, it's it's long overdue for a cut. It can help some people get into it. But the argument on the other side is that it's going to spur uh, demand and increase home prices, pushing those FHA buyers out of the market. So you, you got two angles here. Um, I agree that uh, we're long overdue for a MIP cut on uh, FHA side. But, um, you know, it's – it's uh, you, know, you get into this uh, – Political arena, and uh, you got you got to navigate that, and uh, we'll see how
1: it shakes out. It's tough. It's like uh, the government is so in mortgage lending. You know, obviously FHFA are, is overseeing, and the GSEs are still in conservatorship. So, yeah, I mean, to your point, should we be doing anything right now to to increase demand, which has proven to be Voracious. Uh, you know, at the same time, FHA, I almost look at like, you know, any government tax or like anytime you can eliminate it, um, you can always raise it later. Right. I mean, the, the reserve fund is at high levels, and, but it is it's, it's not an easy decision because uh, we've already seen home prices appreciate almost 30 percent over the course of the last two years. And now you're talking about reducing the upfront commitment for um people to buy homes with less than five ten percent down. So uh, David's tough Steven.
0: to love He uh he pleads a really strong case for
1: uh MIP cut who who does David Stevens. Oh yeah, yeah. Who yeah obviously very, very well well spoken, knowledgeable guy that's uh been there, done that and got the Super Bowl rings to uh, prove it. So We'll see. But, uh, announcement could be coming soon on that. A lot of smoke, typically where there's smoke, there's fire. <clears throat> um, and then what about the FHFA, the 50 basis point co-mingled security fee that, uh, anything that, uh, you guys have been talking about, or that's uh, affecting you. You know what? Um, we price it all in.
0: At the end of the day, we have to be sharp on the street. Um, the argument here is that they're increasing it to offset counterparty risk, mm-hmm. um, you know, and they're trying to justify if there's going to be an adverse impact to mortgage-backed securities and, and then the subset of the TBA market. But uh, you know, I I'd like to see the conservatorship end. Uh, you know, these these uh, GSCs are well capitalized and. Uh, it's, it's kind of time to move on, you know, increasing fees again um, on the GSC side. Does it make sense?
1: I, I don't buy the counterparty risk side of it. The, the whole, you know, GSC public-private thing, it, its nobody, nobody's really talking about it right now because they just know nothing's going to get done. But it's funny because like under Calabria and Trump, they were steamrolling towards getting the GSEs out of conservatorship. You change administrations, you change focus, more of a focus on using the GSEs to help bridge the home ownership gap and other, other goals of the, of the administration. But, you know, I think what a lot of people don't realize is like, yeah, so yeah, there's the government, they're backing the securities, right. Which keeps rates low and keeps demand strong from bond buyers. So um, mortgage rates can stay competitive, but there's so much juice also in the government <laughs> pricing, like um that I don't think people realize. We we've talked on this show before about like guarantee fees. It's embedded into lenders like nation lending your your cash pricing. But it's extra right now, an extra 40 basis points or so in uh in price of just guarantee fee that that the GSEs are collecting. We have the adverse market fee. We've got all the loan level price adjustments and people arguing those are still too high. So there would be pros and cons of the government not being in charge of Fannie and Freddie. If uh, it was a true private company, it'd be some things that would not be as good, but be some things that would be good, even better as well. So... Um, Eric, uh, affordability, such a big issue right now, just in our industry. And, you know, one of the news stories that came across this last week was, uh, that made headlines was officials from the bank of England overseas, uh, talking about 40 and 50 year mortgages to help combat, uh, affordability, help get people in loans, lower that monthly obligation. Also some talk about, uh, like assumable mortgage, like mom or dad would get a mortgage and it could be under certain conditions um, assumed by an inhabitant child or something like that down the road. Got some people talking. Are these solutions we may want in America? We've, we've made a run at a 40-year fixed rate mortgage about a decade ago. didn't really get off the ground. Your thoughts on these alternative products, if, if they could be? part of the picture
0: you know i I think they really could be options um, to kind of get more buyers out there qualified uh more families and homes the issue that you have is you've got to have the demand on the secondary market side right for those right for for them really to take off and then you you still got to fix the supply issue right um until you get those um and you get buyers of some of these these different mortgages into and, um, and securities, uh, I, I don't see them going mainstream, but I would be a fan if, if we could help more families get in homes.
1: It's a great point. Like these mortgages that uh, lenders like nations and others originate, um, you know, even banks and credit unions are putting very, very tiny percentage of what they originate like on in their portfolio is held for investment. Vast, vast majority of all mortgages written in America need to be essentially bought in the secondary market by someone. And uh, that fuels everything. It fuels why 30-year fixed rates are in the high fives right now, right? Because people that buy mortgage bonds, it's a fixed asset, and they're terrified of inflation. Uh, people, if we were to have a viable 40- or 50-year fixed-rate mortgage in America, people would have to want to buy that in the secondary market. Um, so to this point, there's been no evidence that uh, that demand is there. Is some evidence though starting to pop up that there is demand for tiny homes? I, you know, I caught my daughter like a couple of years ago watching one of these shows on uh, you know, House Hunter, all those networks oh, specifically about tiny homes. It kind of caught me off guard a little bit. It's kind of becoming a thing, and then the Biden administration stoked that a little bit when it is part of their um, their plan to help combat supply in the housing supply issue in America, they really spoke about ADUs, accessory dwelling units, small homes, garage apartments, uh, homes that are built on the property of another single family residence. You don't have any, uh, ADUs on your Ohio property, uh, New York. We don't. Uh,
0: but I, I do think these could go mainstream. Um, you know, when you think about that housing uh, supply, you know this is this is a, a solution that uh, could help a lot of people. Uh, you think about affordability, getting people uh, over from renting to owning. They don't need a large footprint. Um, I think this is an emerging uh,
1: cycle. The report that was put out by I don't even remember who, but it basically predicted pretty massive growth to the tiny home market. Uh, over the course of the next three, four years. And, uh, yeah. And the GSEs potentially they've, they've talked about it. it. seems to make sense. Um, those being able to go on conforming mortgage products sold to the GSEs would only help stoke that market. So, um, and then the, what do you guys see in S- second homes and, and cash outs, the, Uh, One of the other news headlines that came out over the course of the last week is just that the percentage of non-owner-occupied products, no surprise, bought by the GSCs, dropped pretty dramatically in the first quarter, year over year um, of this year. And again, that's not a surprise. Last year around this time, they hiked up all the fees on them. Um, So it's, it's, it's partially a product of that, like Fannie and Freddie saying, this is not our core our core business, but too, I think just that market slowed down a lot, right? I mean, just the, the general uh, not institutional investor of, of non-owner occupied properties. It's just slowed down. We've seen all the signs of that uh, these last several months here. Yeah. So the GSCs, I think you mentioned it really said,
0: that's not our mission, right? And uh, primarily it's the, it's the primary residence, homeowner, first-time home buyers. Um, So, as they started making those moves last summer, uh, I think the slowdown is, is by design. Uh, we had to temper our business a little bit, make sure that uh, we weren't overselling and over-collateralizing uh, some of that product. But, um, you know, it's, it, it goes back to that secondary market demand, right? You've got to play within that box.
1: This is the last week in Mortgage Today. I'm Rich Swierbinski with the Mortgage Collaborative. This week, joined by Nation's Lending Corp. Executive Vice President and Chief Operating Officer, Eric Roman. And uh, Eric, uh, another report that came out this month, uh, uh, came out this week on the past month, was from Black Knight. Obviously, their Market Monitor report. Uh, They're sitting on a massive amount of data and, uh, rate locks down eleven percent in June from May, and it's been a weird. I don't remember. I cannot ever remember a year like this where we've seen like home sales in America go down small incrementally. But you know, April to May, May to June, June to July. It's it's been a weird inverse year in a lot of respects. Inverse, right? <laughs> so uh, you know. I
0: mean, I think it's a direct correlation to the rising rates, um, you know, as those rates were rising so rapidly, rate right? Locks fell across the board. Interestingly enough, we saw that drop uh, from March to April um, mm-hmm. at nations and uh, May to June, we, we marginally increased the in locks. Nice. Uh, now that's representative of our, of our business. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's uh It's interesting to see that uh, rates are rising so rapidly. And uh, in general, IMDs and banks, lock pipelines are down dramatically from uh, this time last year going into a summer market.
1: Yeah, you rewind to a year ago. Last year, nobody expected it to be as busy as it ended up being. And I think it was about It was at this time last year where lenders like yourself were like, man, this is going to be another good year. Like it is, you know, rates are still low. We're still cranking out refi. A lot of demand to buy homes. Anything that's out there is getting gobbled up. And, you know, and a year ago was we were sitting in twos or threes. And uh, um, but uh, it's your point. The obvious impact of rates on this year, especially on, on refinance, but even on purchase has helped. Going back to what we were talking about early in the show, though, calm what was pretty out of control, out of control per- purchase market. It's uh, some needed normalcy uh, for the purchase market and uh, housing in general. Yeah, it's definitely cooling. Um, you know, Some of that appreciation
0: that we're seeing, some of those record contracts, um, you know, that wasn't sustainable. So uh, I, I think we're seeing a little bit of the writing of the ship.
1: Absolutely. So, some of the history of nations too. You guys go way back. i Cleveland Company, so I've been aware of you guys, and we once a friendly competitor. And then one of our first members, thanks to you, uh, when I made this move over here a little over seven years ago. But you guys used to be a refi shop, like a, almost hundred percent refi. Like that was how I knew you as a competitor. Um, it, in. Really bold and and, uh, very well-timed, complete rebranding of the company about a decade ago Uh, that's put you guys in the position you are now where you're in a great spot and have really, really grown market share um, as we get into this year. Appreciate the kind words there, Rich. Uh, Yeah, we grew up as a refi shop. Uh Um,
0: We really understand uh, lead acquisition and we'll always do that business. It's, it's always going to be there. I think you just kind of have to understand how to turn the knobs when uh, the markets change and go, on, go, go after different segments and things like that. But uh, the pivot to retail was intentional. Um, you know, purchase business is a lot more fulfilling. It's, it's who we want to be as a lender. Uh, you know, I think back to almost a decade ago, we probably had a couple branches. Today, I think we're over 130 nationwide most of that business is traditional retail referral purchase business, uh, things like that.
1: And, and that's, uh, that's what we're after. Right? Absolutely. So we got about five minutes left in the last week in mortgage today uh, with Eric Roman of nations lending corp. You guys like a lot of I'm looking to grow, right. Talking to people and uh, definitely one of those companies that's looking to grow market share through uh, a down a down market cycle and, um, been a lot of M&A this year, probably a lot more coming any changes in just that part of our business. I know it's been a very, a very active recruiting year for the mortgage industry to be sure you guys have been been right in the middle of that, trying to talk to people and let them know the great things you're doing over at NLC. Yes. So last couple of years have been really active on the recruiting side, but, um, we're in
0: a contracting market right now, and I think that MA activity is a lot hotter than I've seen it probably ever. Um, there are a lot of opportunities where um, you know, if if you don't take advantage of an opportunity when it's out there, you know, you might not have a business in the long term. Um, it's unfortunate. Some some people will make it through this uh downturn and some people won't, but uh I think it's an opportunity for uh, some consolidation and some really good people to, to kind of merge in and uh, coexist in a, in a new format.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, it's, it's like a reset of our industry in a lot of ways There's Been a lot of tech advances these last five, six, seven years, but even that piece of it, you know, I think continues to evolve and change. We've obviously gone from a refinance market to a purchase A purchase market. But even things like uh, the pandemic has just changed a lot. I believe it's just increased the overall demand for housing in America. It's changed some of the dynamics just on the real estate side of our business and how people look at homes and, um, you know, the realtor and and referral part of our business. It's just been a dramatic amount of change for housing in general these last two and a half years. Leaders like yourselves that are already, already tasked with constantly adjusting and adopting to change. Um, the rate <laughs> has been even more, even more aggressive these last couple of years and, uh, caused a lot of companies to figure out what you, we want your model to look like for the, the future of your company.
0: Yeah, we, uh, one thing I learned early in, in the industry was, you know, change is constant, you know, the industry's dynamic, our company's dynamic, and we kind of have to be able to, uh, manage through that, Uh you know, it's unfortunate that uh you know you see some companies uh we kind of joked this week that the implodometer is coming back that uh you know you're starting to see you know some big companies in the last several weeks last month uh, you know uh, go out of business go through bankruptcy get uh, acquired things like that
1: yeah it's uh never a dull moment in the mortgage industry and this year has been uh Definitely no departure from that. So um, other things I'm just hearing, said, lenders looking to differentiate themselves. Uh, you know, it, it's tough to differentiate right now, but I think that lenders are doing an increasingly good job at, at, at kind of seeking to do that, looking for product, uh, you know, but you're in one of these markets right now where you got higher fixed rates and, yeah, you know, everybody's asking for every product, including the ones they'll never do. Right. You know, I think
0: that's just the, um, the nature of the business. You kind of have to have those tools in the toolbox, whether you're going to do them or not. At the end of the day, you got to have a good, strong, healthy business. of just conventional yeah. government stuff, and you got to have some of the non-QM product that's out there. You got to have some of the bond and DPA type stuff. Um, you know, some of that stuff's just always going to be that 1% of your business, the 2% of your business, but you've just got to have a good, strong, healthy core. Absolutely. The arms, so. right? The arms are coming back. Um, early on, when I'm uh, originating loans, we sold on our arms often. And, uh, you know, I think rates have been historically uh, unrealistically low that, you know, our business wasn't a part of the equation, but I think you're going to see that continue to grow.
1: I remember being a young secondary guy selling pools of arm loans like lightly seasoned for three, three and a half point premium. And uh, yeah, it's, it's certainly a thing of the past, but uh, arms. Yeah, definitely more viable as a product right now. And you're starting to see that in the MBA app numbers and all the numbers that we see come out just on, on product. So Eric, uh, anything else top of mind for you as we get into the second half of uh, what has been an odd year for the mortgage industry?
0: Yeah, I I think it's uh, we're in a period where everyone just kind of needs to uh, keep their head down, stay focused on their business, you know, stay focused on their people. And, uh, you know, we'll all weather the storm and uh, most of us have come out of it stronger than
1: I know you guys will. It's been fun to watch your growth, not only in my years here at TMC, but uh, preceding that and uh, just appreciate greatly all that Nations Lending does and you specifically, Eric, somebody we constantly call on to be a thought leader for our network, all you do for our network as well. It is it is greatly appreciated. Always a pleasure, my friends you know, I, I can get my Cleveland sports fix in, uh, talk, uh, with you as well, which is, uh, always a good thing for me. So next up, let the Browns come out, and, uh, figure this, f- figure this out. Let's see where we go. Really just waiting on like, who's going to be our quarterback and, you know, how long is he going to be suspended? And so we could just kind of like move forward and start, uh, over rationally, uh, Getting excited for the season, the expectations for the you know season. <laughs> Excellent. And to our attendees, thanks, as always, for taking 30 minutes of your week out with us. We're here every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern with The Last Week in Mortgage Today. Uh, you can also find us on YouTube, after the fact, on video. And uh, we're you listen on podcast, Apple, Spotify, all the different platforms. Just search TMC Connect, subscribe to our feed and uh, you can consume the program that way as well. So Eric, always appreciate the conversation uh, on the industry and uh, you taking the time out. You got it. Thanks, Rich. Appreciate it. Have a good one, bud. Take care, everyone. Have a great rest of the week.
0: For more information about how you can get involved with TMC
1: Connect and witness the power of the network firsthand, please visit us at mortgagecollaborative.com.